You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Jess Hunnishan, the co-founder of Shine Influencers. Shine is one of the leading talent agencies in North America and one of the first to specialize in the online and social media space. Starting out as a traditional PR agency, Jess and her partner, Emily, quickly recognized a gap in the influencer marketplace and refocused their services to connect online influencers with leading brands. Shine quickly expanded to represent celebrities, athletes, and social talent with offices in Toronto, Los Angeles, and Montreal. Today, they exclusively represent over 90 of the most recognizable online influencers, many of which are guaranteed to be on regular rotation on your social media feeds, mine included. (laughs) Hi, Jess. It's so great to have you join me today. Hi, Shelly. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here. Great. So, Shine was definitely Mm -hmm. ahead of the curve as far as influencer talent management goes. So, perhaps you can start by telling me a little bit about how you got started. Of course. Yeah. I feel like we've been in it for a million years now. It's kind of wild to think that it's only been six, but in influencer years, that's a a long, long time, kind of like dog years. So yeah, I moved from Melbourne to Toronto right around seven years ago now and haphazardly met my business partner, Emily. And we both came from PR backgrounds, hers in more like big agency world and mine coming from media and entertainment, predominantly in television in Melbourne. And so when I moved here, I really had no clue what I was going to do and uh, kind of thought maybe I'll go back to PR, maybe I'll try something totally different. But I met Em and we kind of hit it off straight away and started working together from like the very first meeting that we had. Mm -hmm. And again, both being from PR backgrounds, it it made a lot of sense that we would start a PR agency together. Mm -hmm. And really that came by nature of us having booked a lot of really big meetings with some big brands based out of Mm -hmm. Toronto in like the... January of I think 2015. So we had a lot of meetings booked and we were like, should we go in as kind of like two freelance pals or Mm -hmm. should we kind of brand ourselves? And and what does that look like for us? So we're like, you know what, let's start an agency. If it all goes to shit, (laughs) but let's kind of give it a go. So that's what we did. And we started Shine in January of 2015, kind of like sitting together on M's kitchen table. Like I (laughs) developed a website, which anyone who knows me, that is shocking. And thank goodness we quickly changed that and upgraded it. But we kind of, you know, were very, very scrappy from the beginning. So Hmm. started the agency again, had some great meetings. And as most people know, there's there's so many like boutique PR agencies in Toronto, mm-hmm. all specializing in in their own things and, and all incredible. So there wasn't a huge amount of opportunity there to kind of like carve out our own niche. Mm-hmm. So with that, it was also coming around the time where, you know, a lot of media publications were closing their doors, unfortunately. There was kind of the rise of the blogger happening. So it equally kind of like cut down the media industry, but also diluted it with lots of different voices, which is was really interesting. So when we wanted to start getting our name out there, we're like, well, what do we both know and love? And it, it was events. So we ran a couple of like smaller events, just really local, um, invited some media, of course, but really focused on inviting like bloggers and influencers. And at the time they were kind of on like, you know, the DEF list of the media list when traditional PR agencies were going out to them. They just weren't the top priority. They weren't kind of as big as they are today. And it's a super different story now. 
But, you know, we were like, no, we see the value that's in the voice and the reach and the audiences they've built. So we started there and that kind of got us really engaged in that space, particularly in Toronto. And from there, we're kind of like, okay, but no one is honing in on this space here with me being from Melbourne, there's a lot of agencies in Australia who at the time were doing talent management strictly for social talent. And there just wasn't anyone doing that in Canada. So we're like, okay, I think there's room to do something here. We went into it thinking, okay, in the best case scenario, maybe this would be a division of the business that can cover one salary. Like let's mm-hmm. aim for the stars. Like that would be <laughs> yeah. our big, big goal. And cut to six years later, we have, you know, a team of 25, all in the PR side, you know, it's not something we focus on really at all anymore. We kind of do, you know, the odd, odd project here and there, but, Mm -hmm. but influences is really our bread and butter and where we specialize. So we shot a little low with our (laughs) (laughs) the business. We started Shine Influences in in November of that first year and it, it grew exponentially. And I think it's because, you know, we spoke to a lot of brands and agencies and we also spoke to a lot of influencers for each of them saying, like, what are your pain points and what do you need? And the influencers were saying, you know, we know there's a value to what we do, but we have no idea what it is. It's uncomfortable to ask to be paid. It's weird and it feels icky for us. And then on the brand side, they were saying, we know we need to work with influencers, but we know we want them to say our key messages, but we don't know how to have them say it in a way that's really authentic to them. Mm-hmm. So we we're kind of like, okay, well, we duly know the value of the influencer, but we also know marketing and PR really well. And we know how to weave in a story in a way that's very natural and authentic and all of those things. So we can kind of come in and really find a way to like merge the two worlds and have them work really collaboratively together. And that's like, we're in the business of collaboration, right? So that's what we're there to do. And as I said, I think there was a desperate need for it in Canada and it it grew very quickly. And then through that, we started to get like a lot of inquiries from both brands, agencies and social talent in the US. Mm -hmm. And then in, gosh, I'm like, what year was it? I'll just say three years ago from now. Mm -hmm. We launched our our office in in LA, so wow. again, that's grown quickly. So we have um, almost an equal team. I think there's maybe a couple more people in LA now, mm-hmm. but yeah, a team of twenty five and representing ninety give or take talent mm-hmm. across North America. That's amazing. Congratulations on that growth. So it's interesting because influencers as a an entity is a mm-hmm. fairly new concept just in the yeah. past five or so years. But what I always say is that influencers actually as a concept in its entirety, like it's actually not very new. It's just yeah. the platforms have changed. So with our clients, oftentimes, you know, it's getting a little better now, but sometimes we were having to convince our clients that no, you do want to work with the influencers. They will bring you that ROI and they will bring you that value. Yeah. So it's just really interesting to see the fundamental function of the role is the same, but the platform is different. Yeah. You took the words verbatim out of my mouth. I say that all the time. I'm like, (laughs) the concept of influencers, it's actually not new. Mm -hmm. It's one of the oldest marketing tactics. In fact, it's, it comes down to, you need to meet your consumers where they're at and Mm -hmm. where they are at today 
maybe not tomorrow, but where they're at today is online. They're on socials, they're on Instagram, they're on TikTok, they're on YouTube. So that's where we need to meet them in order to be able to like deliver our messages. So, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago, maybe that was in print and 20 years ago, maybe that was on television or not that to say that that's gone now, but you know, that's the place that we need to find our consumers and we need to deliver messages to them in a way that's really digestible, that they understand. And and I think that comes back to like, again, it's just understanding who your consumer is and the way that they want to digest information. So like mm-hmm. we're learning now about like Gen Z and that whole category. And like, they don't want to have a message just like rammed down their throats. Like mm-hmm. they want to research and discover and kind of find it out on their own. So with that demographic, it's more about like, okay, let's just like tease them with little bits of information and then let them like discover the rest on their own because they want that. And, you know, they want companies that are value-based. So we don't need to be like, you know, this is our new line of hair care and it, it will do this to your hair and that to your hair. And this is how you use it. Like they don't care about that. They want to know like, what charity do you support? And what are the values behind this company? Are you sustainable? Are you using plastic? Is there a refillable option? Like, what do you stand for as a brand as opposed to what do you sell as a brand? Mm-hmm. And I find the authenticity of the message is so important, whether it's paid or whether it's organic. If it doesn't fit with the influencer's feed and their message, then it's just going to fall flat. 100%. I think it's, you know, that's, we talk about that. My gosh. Every day internally. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, it's, and that's our job. Like we're a talent management agency. Like it is mm-hmm. our job, one, to make the agencies and brands job a heck of a lot easier. But also like we know our talent. We know what they have coming up. So we know when there's going to be like the perfect moment to like hit and when the right message is going to be, you know, delivered and accepted really well by their audience. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. It's the most important thing now. Mm-hmm. So what comes first, the brand or the influencer? Yeah. Oh, I'm like a chicken out of the egg. I think it can go both ways, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, there are many cases where, you know, so often a brand will come to us and say, hey, we're launching this new product or service or whatever it may be. We need influencers who are like, you know, this age, this location, interested in these things. And we'll come back to them and say, amazing, here are a bunch of people who we think would genuinely really align with this brand. Or our talent will come to us and say, hey, I'm planning a trip and it's going to be all around like hiking. So I really want to partner with a brand who sells hiking boots or shoes. I want to like take my audience on that journey of like, what am I looking for? Like I'm, you know, I'm not a seasoned hiker. Like what is kind of that beginner entry level product that I should be using? And and then we'd go off and say, okay, let's do some research on hiking. I don't know why that, I'd like, I never have. <laughs> I don't know why that, that example came to mind for me today. But yeah, you know, we'll go off and try and find, you know, a brand that would, that would work really well with that. And then go mm-hmm. out to them and say, hey, we have this opportunity where one of our talent is already doing this. It's not something brand new that we need to introduce to the audience. So, you know, we think this is a really seamless way for you to integrate. Great. So I think, you know, to answer your question, it absolutely can go both ways and and can be really effective both ways. Mm -hmm. It's not like one way works better than the other either. Mm -hmm. And how do you choose the talent that you work with? Oh my gosh, it's such a long process. So we have, gosh, I want to say, you know, hundreds of talent will reach out to us every month saying, we want to be represented by Shine. Um, we're incredibly particular. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, we represent 90, give or take, talent across mm-hmm. North America. If we wanted to, we could be representing 50,000 easily. Mm-hmm. That's not our MO. So we look for three main characteristics. There's three kind of qualifiers that we look at. So 
number one being content. And that's just like, you know, I'll talk to like my process personally. Mm -hmm. That's like, I can look at them and in like a 15 second, you know, skim of someone's Instagram page, I can get a sense of like, if I'm into it or not into it. And, you know, that might be like their aesthetic is different or cool, or they're doing something that I haven't seen before, or they're doing something that I've seen work really well for some of our other talent. So that's number one, just the, straight up the content. Mm-hmm. Number two is the numbers and not just the number of followers and number of likes, because we all know that you can buy them, but looking like much further than those vanity metrics. Of, and when mm-hmm. I say vanity metrics, I mean, you know, number of followers, likes, and comments, but really looking at, you know, number of story views, how many people, my favorite metric ever is number of saves on Instagram Mm -hmm. posts, because I think it is the most qualified kind of engagement you can get. It tells the brand that someone is so interested in this, they want to come back to it later. And in this world of like, you know, instant gratification and, and we're consuming so much content every day in all aspects of our lives. The fact that someone would save it and want to come back to it because like we have memories like a fish now, right? So like saving and coming back to it, like that's such a great qualifier. But we're looking at things like that, you know, how many people save it? How many people share it? What are the impressions that you're seeing? Things like that. What does that ladder up to against, you know, compared to our other talent? And then the third part, which is probably my favorite part is the message. So what are they saying, right? You know, I've spoken to thousands and thousands of talent over the last six years. And, you know, I can speak to someone and and they'll say like, oh, I started this beauty blog because all through high school, like I was kind of the go-to for beauty. Someone would come to me and be like, okay, can you teach me how to do like a winged eyeliner? Can you teach me how to do this? Can you teach me how to do that? Like it came from this place of like, they were influential in their own world before Mm -hmm. they were influential to other people. I personally love that as opposed to like, I'll speak to someone and they'll say, you know, like, I just love fashion. Like, cool. Like me too. Like fashion Mm -hmm. is great. I love it. Like I need more than that. Like, why do you love it? And like, Mm -hmm. what is it about fashion? Like, is it styling? Is it this? Is it the visual merchandising? Like what excites you? And if someone can't like really easily identify that, that's like a red flag to me for sure. Mm-hmm. But I love, and it's funny because it's kind of like, it's the opposite of what I should love, you know, with this being our business. But I love it when a brand or a, an agency will come to us and say, you know, I want to work with talent X. And we say, you know what, they can't, they're in an exclusive contract with one of your competitors. So mm-hmm. there's a conflict of interest right now. We can't make it happen. And whilst of course, we'll say like, we have a ton of other options for you. Like what's the kind of person you want to work with? We'll find someone similar. I love it when the brand is like, no, I only want that person. And again, it's not very conducive to us (laughs) running a business, but Mm -hmm. we're always offering other options, of course. But I love it when a brand or the audience loves the talent so much that like, that's the only person they want to work with because their message is so strong that like, Mm -hmm. that's the only person. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where it comes down to the message. And again, like, what are you saying? Is it unique? Is it different? Have we already heard this? Or, you know, is it a trend that we're seeing? Like, what is it that you have to say? And mm-hmm. and are your audience there to like really listen? Like, are they engaging in the comments? Like, mm-hmm. is there like storytelling there? Or is it more like, you know, there's a couple of like fire emojis and, mm-hmm. and that's it? Or are there people like getting vulnerable in the comments? And are they, are they really like getting into like the nitty gritty together? I, I love to yeah. see that. So mm-hmm. there are kind of three qualifiers that we we look for in our talents. That's great. And tell me how you measure authentic engagement versus (laughs) comment pods. Oh, comment pods. My gosh. (laughs) It's 
it's so hard now, right? Like there's all of these different like tricks and tactics and, mm-hmm. and things like that to boost engagement. And, and it's hard. Like I get it from the talent side. Like, you know, they spend so much time creating this beautiful content and all they want is like their own audience to see it. And that can be really difficult with the algorithm changing like not all the time, like every single day, the algorithm Mm. changes on Instagram. Mm. It's not hard to keep up with. It is impossible to keep up with and find the trends that really work. So I I think looking at that again, kind of like what I just said, like it is really like looking at the comments and that's where like, you know, there's a lot of agencies or like I would call them like an influencer platform where influencers can sign up. It's basically matchmaking. They serve their purpose. Absolutely. But when we're looking at talent, we're looking like, as a person, like not as like an AI tool, mm-hmm. as a person with a naked eye, we're looking, we're reading the comments. And again, you can kind of pick up eventually, like if people are actually engaged or if they're just like, oh, Joe Blow in my comment pod was like, I just posted, got a comment. And, you know, there's like a couple of emojis or something like that. Again, like, does it come into like, is it an actual conversation? And mm-hmm. is the talent engaging back? Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I really like to see that as well. I'm like, are they asking their audience to do something, but then they're not kind of like playing their part? Like, are they in there? Are they in the comments too? Like, is there a dialogue or is it very one sided? So, yeah, I, I think like doing like a good deep dive into the comments, like it shows eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you might have absolutely. to do a little digging. And when you're working with brands, how do you determine the metrics? If a campaign went well, if it didn't, what are you looking for? Well, it really depends brand to brand, right? And we've been mm-hmm. talking about this a lot, actually. We're trying to like think of a term for like different types of talent because I think there are some talent who do like an incredible job at like, I'll call it that like first touch marketing. So they're going to like introduce their audience to someone and they might not necessarily be able to like move the needle in terms of sales metrics, but they're a piece of the puzzle. So like we know that, you know, like each year, the number of times that consumers need to see a brand or product service before Mm -hmm. they're driven to buy, it's more Mm -hmm. and more and more and more. So Mm -hmm. as marketers, that's really difficult. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, as opposed to even like 10 years ago, which is not that long ago, like Mm -hmm. where you would almost measure sales like quarter over quarter to see like, did we see an increase? Did we see a decrease? Okay. What did we do that quarter? What was successful? And, you know, you'd have a bunch of billboards or print ads where yes, you have analytics and I can tell you how many people drove down the street that the billboard was on, mm-hmm. but I have no way of telling you how many people like locked eyes with it. Mm-hmm. But now we're almost like we're spoiled with analytics. Like we have mm-hmm. so much micro data and there's so many positives with that, but I think it can work to our detriment as well because we assess things on such a minute level now mm-hmm. that we're looking at one Instagram store and we're like, how did that move the needle? I say to clients mm-hmm. all the time, I'm like, put yourself in the position of buying one singular radio ad and then mm-hmm. being like, well, how many sales did I get? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. They just, they just learned about it. Like probably none. So it's the <laughs> same kind of thing, right? Like if we look at it in the same way, I'm like, well, you know, we need to show the consumer the product like a couple of times for them to like understand it, learn about it, see where it would fit in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, again, I think analytics, they're like the best and worst thing that's happened to Mm -hmm. us because, you know, there are some talent who will just like move products so well. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, we're just saying yesterday um, in a meeting, I'm like, with this one talent had like 1500 people had used her like code to buy a product. And we were like, what? That's incredible. Like, <laughs> it was wild. Like almost wow. like it's too good, like not even through us, but no. any 
talent that that brand works with for the rest of time, they will be disappointed because our talent did so well. I'm like, oh my gosh, like how do we like, and that's where I was kind of saying, we haven't like fully uh, fleshed it out yet, but I was like, we need like a word for like Mm -hmm. those talent who just like, I don't know what it is, but they just connect with their audience on this level that I personally have never seen before. Like it's Mm -hmm. wild. Like we've seen some of our talent, like they'll do a capsule collection with a brand and it sells out in like three minutes. Mm -hmm. And like, wow, like that's unbelievable. But then Mm -hmm. like, does that brand expect that every time? It's just not going to happen every time. It's an interesting one that we're kind of battling with right now to like kind of differentiate these two, maybe three types of talent where there are some that will just like their audience has such a like deep level of trust with them that they're Mm -hmm. going to move product really quickly. Mm -hmm. And then there's another group of talent who are incredible also at what they do, but they really provide that like first touch point with a brand for their audience. And then maybe they go and see it somewhere else and like, oh yeah, I saw that somewhere else. And now I, 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 you know what? I will buy it. I want to try it. But the first influencer in that scenario, they don't get the credit. I'm saying that with quotation marks. I'm like, they don't get the credit for that sale, right? Mm-hmm. So like when we look at it, we're like, okay, talent A, B, and C, they sold X, X, and X. Mm-hmm. But talent A may have like, there might be a crossover with the consumers that they have following them. And perhaps they saw it on one and then didn't buy it. And then they saw it on another and didn't buy it, but were mm-hmm. learning. And mm-hmm. then saw it on the third person. We're like, yeah, I'm going to buy it. It's really challenging to like, that's the metric that we don't have. Mm-hmm. We have like a plethora of others, but that mm-hmm. is one that I don't even know whether it's worth to say we're missing. It's not that we're missing it so much as to say is like, you know, there are some consumers who still will want to like go into a store. Like mm-hmm. imagine like a pair of jeans, for example, like anyone predominantly women listening who have like bought a pair of jeans, like you want to try them on, you know, like we see those Instagram photos where it's like, six pairs of jeans in like a size 10 and mm-hmm. and everyone is like completely different. Yeah. So like, you know, you want to go into a store and try them on and you, maybe mm-hmm. you saw them on like three Instagram posts, but then you're mm-hmm. like, you're not going into the store and saying like, Oh, I saw this on such and such as Instagram. And they're like writing that down and sending it back to the brand. Like that doesn't exist. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting to say the least. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you find that part of what you do is training or coaching the influencers to better connect with their audiences? Yeah, like there's a little bit of that for sure. Um, we, you know, consider ourselves very much a strategic agency. So when talent is struggling with that, or like, you know, I find that happens a lot when there's like a big life change. Like, let's say, for example, you're a fashion blogger and that's kind of what you lived and breathed, and then you have a baby. So now you're kind of like, okay, am I like a mummy influencer or am I still fashion with a side of baby? Like, what does that look like for me? And what does that look like for the audience as well? So in times like that, I find talent need like more guidance than they typically would. And we will we'll jump in and support and provide them like some ideas and tips and tricks. But I find honestly, for the most part, like talent predominantly are coming to us once they're like reasonably established. So Mm -hmm. yes, we bring on some talent who are more in the like emerging space, of course, Mm -hmm. but by the time talent get to us, you know, they typically have brands reaching out to them every day with paid campaigns. They're coming to us because they need, you know, a higher level strategy, more support on their team. Their bandwidth is maxed out. They want people proactively pitching them, Mm -hmm. things like that. So they've typically kind of like, gotten over that hurdle of like, okay, how do I really connect with my audience? Mm -hmm. But that said, that's like, you know, there's always room for improvement and there's always, you know, ways that audiences shift and change as we do as humans, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're seeing now a really interesting rise in kind of like, you know, that Gen Z talent, like all of like the young TikTokers and and people like that who are in like their late teens, right? So Mm -hmm. as they grow up, like, will they keep the same audience? Like that would be really interesting. Like as they grow up and, you know, either like get married or have a baby or move or go back into the corporate world. Or like, it will be really interesting to watch and see how they kind of like, if they're able to, I should say, kind of like pull their audience along with them Mm -hmm. as they evolve. So I think, yeah, there's many ways it can be done for sure. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Do you have advice for influencers that are just starting out? so much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Where do you start? I'm like, where do I begin? I think number one is like, stay in your own lane for one. So like, Mm -hmm. yes, you can look to other people for inspiration, of course, and see what's working and what's not, but don't get too hyper-focused on what everyone else is doing. Do you? So that's number one. And I think I will say big or small, almost every single influencer I've ever spoken with will ask the same one question, and that is, how do I grow? Everyone wants to know, is there a secret sauce? What do we do? Mm-hmm. How do we grow? My advice is always 
don't focus on growth. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. which again, is never what they want to hear. But mm-hmm. I think that, you know, if you really focus in on the audience that you do have, like build your trust with them, build your engagement with them, build that relationship, you will grow. You'll grow naturally. It will be slow and steady. Mm-hmm. But what we see now is that, again, we have access to so many tools. So agencies and brands, like they're looking at their tools when they're looking at you and assessing if you're the right fit for a campaign. Mm-hmm. So what they're looking at is like your audience numbers over time. And if they say like, oh, on January 15th, they grew 10,000 followers. Like, huh, mm-hmm. what happened? There? And then they dropped 5,000. And then we mm-hmm. go along a bit further and then there were these huge spikes. So mm-hmm. I hate a loop giveaway more than most things, (laughs) but like, I think that kind of thing, like, you know, you look at it and yes, you'll get a quick influx of followers and maybe some will stay, maybe Mm -hmm. they will, but Mm -hmm. are they going to stay and be engaged or are they going to stay because they forgot to unfollow you when the competition was over? Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting one that like, if you grow slowly by providing your audience with value mm-hmm. and content that they see value in, they're going to share you with their friends. That's when you're going to yeah. get the like, you know, the share to story, the share with the friend, the share in a DM. That's where you're going to get more and more of that if you're providing them with value. So if you do that, you are going to grow. As I said, it will be slow. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get, you know, boosts of five to 10,000 followers a day. It's just not going to happen. But the growth that you do have, it's really valuable. And I think like I look at talent, you know, who have, let's say, just like 10,000 followers. And we look at that as a really small number now. But I'm like, imagine 10,000 people like in a room, like it's a lot of people. So like, mm-hmm. if you have the ability to like really connect with those 10,000 people, talking about value again, like that's a huge value to a brand. Mm-hmm. Even more so if like, if you speak about something that's really niche and that comes back to like the message that we spoke about before, like we talk about this internally all the time, like for our talent, like what are they the best at and what are they the only one who can do X? So like, mm-hmm. even though we, let's say we probably represent, I don't know, like 20 to 30 parents. So like we could look at them and be like, okay, they're all like parenting influences. Or could we look at them individually and really define their unique selling propositions mm-hmm. and say, okay, so these two moms, whilst they both live in California, they both have two kids under seven and they, I don't know, both married and live on a large property, for example. Mm-hmm. What can one do that the other can't and vice versa? And like what we find that like really, really defining that Mm-hmm. And it helps us to sell them and really identify them and, and shows brands like how they're different from other people. So again, coming back to growth, like you don't have to be like, whilst we've seen some incredibly niche categories, like, you know, mm-hmm. people have come to us like, oh, I'm like a dental influencer. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing, but okay. Mm-hmm. When I say niche, you don't have to be that niche. Like in the mm-hmm. category, you have to be niche in like your messaging and your content yeah. and things like that. So like, how are you different? That's going to set you apart and it is going to slowly help with growth. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the vanity metrics come into play and how yeah. it isn't the most important, especially if you're looking at an influencer that has a really defined niche in yeah. that it's much more important that they have a very small number of engaged followers than a large totally. number of unengaged followers. Yeah. And I think finally brands are starting to like really see that. And we're like, thank the Lord, um, because we've been pushing that messaging for years. I think the brands are really seeing that. 
and they're seeing that, you know, okay, there's this person and they have 50,000 followers, but their engagement rate is like 1%. Mm-hmm. Or there's this person who has 20,000 followers, but they have an engagement rate of 8%. Mm-hmm. And they're probably cheaper as well. So yes. like looking at those types of things, it's like, okay, like, well, let's trial with this 20,000 person, 20,000 follower person who has this like great engagement rate and we know their audience is really connected and they're probably going to have more success than the person with the higher number of followers, but the really small engagement, right? Mm -hmm. So I think brands are really, really starting to understand that and see the value in that now. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite campaign? Oh gosh, favorite campaign. That's such a good question. Oh, we see so many, like we probably work on like five to 600 campaigns a month. But I think in general, I'll I'll give you like a theme of my favorites. I love it when there's like a product collaboration and not just like selling a product that is Mm pre-existing, but a collaboration where the brand and the talent have come together to like design something new. Mm -hmm. I love watching them come to life. I think there's like such lovely touch points with the audience along the way, especially if they're somewhat involved in the design, mm-hmm. the design of that product or, or service for that matter. So I love seeing products like that and, and see the audience like get excited in the lead up to them. So mm-hmm. there's that. And then I have two, sorry, I cheated. But my <laughs> other one is I love it when the talent's audience are so engaged that when they announce that they're working on a collaboration with whatever the brand is, obviously it's a brand that they like love, love, love. Mm-hmm. When they announce that to their audience and instead of the audience saying, oh, is this an ad? Which yeah, we see all the time. Mm-hmm. They say, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Like mm-hmm. I remember that happening with uh, one of our talent, Sarah, the birds papaya. This was a couple of years ago. I don't know why this one specifically is coming to mind because it happens quite regularly. But she had talked for years about shopping at Value Village and that she loved thrifting. And, and it originally came from like she was a divorced single mother of three mm-hmm. and it more came out of like necessity originally. And then it turned into like a hobby that she really, like she just loved thrifting. Mm-hmm. And after, you know, chatting very genuinely about Value Village for years, they came to her with the partnership and she worked on a campaign with them. Mm-hmm. And to kind of watch her audience say, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. You love Value Village. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I was like, oh, nailed it. Like They're almost, like, they're almost rooting for her. They're so excited for her. I'm like, I love seeing that. Like that like gives me like goosebumps. It makes me so happy because I'm like, it's so authentic to the brand, to the audience, to the talent. Like it's mm-hmm. like win, 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 win all over. Mm-hmm. Campaigns like that, like one, they're so fun to work on. And they just like, you see how well they perform for the brand and, and when the audience gets like genuinely excited by them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that. And that's where that authenticity comes into play as well. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a sponsored post or if it's an ad, because if it connects with their message and connects with their audience, then yeah. it still works. totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So on the flip side of things, was there a (laughs) campaign or just something that maybe took you by surprise or for some reason fell a little bit flat and you didn't expect it? So I'll again go with a theme rather than a a specific (laughs) name. I'm like, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but uh, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, and this probably goes without saying, so it's no rocket science answer here, but it's when the brand is too specific about their messaging. We talked about that just recently, actually saying that like, 
we're thinking, you know, there is going to be a, a nice trend. Well, if we have anything to do with it, we're pushing this on everyone. So hopefully it will be a trend where mm-hmm. instead of like, we were talking to a brand, an athleisure brand. So they have these leggings and it's very cool. They sold me on them. Like the first time I, I chatted with them, but mm-hmm. basically they were like made really sustainably. They were really size inclusive there was something else. Like the price point was pretty reasonable and on par with a lot of the other brands. So we were like, okay, so instead of having the talent come in and talk about all of these three key messages and say, oh, they're really sustainable. They're made with plastic water bottles and the price point is really great. And this and that, like, let's break it up and kind of like divide and conquer, if you will, the campaign. So I think that that kind of comes back to like, my least favorite types of campaigns are when like, sometimes like we'll get a content brief, which we need, of course, but like, we'll get a content brief that's like a page of things they have to say. And I'm like, mm-hmm. sometimes our team members will like test it out and like, they'll like try and record themselves like saying a story when they have like, and this, and this, and this, and this. And they're like, you can't physically do it. Like there's not mm-hmm. enough time in this 30 second story. So I think it comes down to trust and there's not enough trust in the talent in those situations mm-hmm. to know the kind of messaging and the kind of content that their audience is going to resonate with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, like we talk about this all the time, consumers are smart. They're super, mm-hmm. super smart. They see mm-hmm. advertising all the time. They know what it is. They know how to pick it out and they know how to avoid it if they want to. Mm-hmm. So on that note, like if you're just like ramming these messages down their throat, like they're out, like they're disconnected, I'll say, mm-hmm. with that content. And then who won there? No one. Like the talent's probably lost a follower or lost their trust at the very mm-hmm. least. And the brand got nothing out of it because that follower like hit the road. So the campaigns don't work when the trust isn't there between the talent and the brand or the agency to kind of come together and truly collaborate. Like we call these collaborations, but they have to actually collaborate (laughs) Mm -hmm. for them to be really successful. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see any emerging trends in influencer marketing? Yeah. So the one that I was just saying that we're, we're kind of trying to make it a trend where you, you know, you'll take a brand and say, okay, like what are all of the things that you stand for? And again, this comes back to what we talked about, like towards the beginning, which is, you know, consumers wanting to buy and support businesses who align with their own personal values. Mm-hmm. So looking at a company and saying, okay, like, what are your values? What are the key messages here? And let's say there's like three key ones. So instead of saying, okay, we're going to find these talent who align with all three, let's find talent that align just with one. Mm-hmm. And you know, the other messaging can be secondary. So let's say we find, so I'll keep using that leggings example where there's like the sustainability, the price point and what was the other thing? I'm like, now, now I've forgotten what the key <laughs> messages were, but it proves the point, right? That like we can't remember that many messages. Mm-hmm. Oh, size inclusivity. Mm-hmm. That's it. I, I knew I'd get there eventually. So instead of finding someone who aligns with all three things, let's find talent who are all about sustainability. Mm-hmm. And that's their main messaging. And let's get them to talk about the leggings from a sustainability angle. Mm-hmm. And then let's find someone else who talks about like price point and, you know, mm-hmm. like tricks and tips for product hacks and, and whatever. And, and we'll get them to talk about the pricing model. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get someone separately to talk about size inclusivity and why that's important to them. And and again, mm-hmm. they can mention like, oh, and like, it's really great. They're all made from plastic water bottles or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So they can add that in, but like every person doesn't need to talk about everything. I was just chatting with someone else about this the other day. And I likened it to like, we joke about 
you know, kids saying like, I forgot my homework and they're like, Oh, the dog ate it. And like, my mom was late to drive me to school. And then I spilled water on it before the dog ate it. Like, Mm -hmm. it sounds like a lie, right? Yeah. It is a lie. It's that old marketing trope. Yeah. When you're Mm -hmm. like, and this, and this, and this, and this, like, I didn't need that much. Like I'm following you because I'm really interested in sustainability. So Mm -hmm. like, I don't necessarily care about the other things. They're Mm -hmm. great and and whatever, but like I follow you for sustainability. So hyper-focus on that. And that's what I want to hear about. Like, tell me more about how they're made with plastic water bottles or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. I do think that that will be a trend. And then just in general, like Instagram has come out now and said, we are a video first platform. Mm -hmm. That is what we do, which is a huge swing. Like Mm -hmm. they were like the photo platform. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like, the Instagram that we know and love, right? From mm-hmm. from when they launched. So them coming out and saying like we're video first, it's going to, you know, it's a huge shift in that direction mm-hmm. because the algorithm pushes all video content to the top because that's what they want to be known for. Mm-hmm. So video is a huge trend. And I think, you know, this isn't necessarily new, but I think we'll see more and more of it. And that is like not the like perfectly, yes. you know, perfect, perfect feeds anymore. Mm-hmm. Like people don't really want to see that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they want to know that there's like a little bit of mess behind that like beautiful photo and, you know, mm-hmm. you're not like this like crazy superwoman who mm-hmm. has like the kids perfectly fed and mm-hmm. the house perfectly clean and ev- no one had a tantrum and, mm-hmm. and everyone went to bed perfectly. Like people don't connect with that because it's not their life. So I think there's been a really great shift of late towards where, and again, I think this kind of comes with, with Instagram and socials, you know, coming off the back of like the big like press publications, which were always they weren't meant to be attainable. They were meant to be like aspirational. Like we're meant to look at these like beautiful glossy magazines and like wish that that was our life. Like that was the, I want to say the purpose, certainly part yeah. of the purpose. That's what, you know, you look at the ads for like the large designers and they're like on a yacht in Capri, mm-hmm. like drinking a glass of champagne. And like, you know, that's not attainable for mm-hmm. everyone. Like yeah. would everyone like to be doing it? probably, but like, is it the reality for the vast majority of people? No. Mm -hmm. So I think that shift for content to be, and again, the more and more we delve into social, these are real people. They're not models or they're not actors and actresses and celebrities. Like they're real. You think of them as like an extension of your friendship group or like your older sister's cool friend or, you Mm -hmm. know, they're connected. There's kind of those like two degrees of separation as opposed to like the six degrees. Mm -hmm. So with that, we want to be seeing content that we're like, ooh, like I could have that. Like mm-hmm. I could buy that bag or I could buy that hat or shoe or, or whatever it is. So so I think that push for content to be much more attainable is great. And I think it just like in general, like makes people feel better about themselves. So I think that's why, you know, we kind of have that increase in engagement with those types of accounts because you're like, oh, you're just like me. I think that's what people want to see more of as opposed to seeing these are all these things I just can't have. <laughs> and yeah, that's really absolutely. sad. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that because I, I yeah. think that I really enjoy the fact that more influencers are willing to show their human side of things and that they are vulnerable and that every yeah. day is not picture perfect in this perfectly yeah. curated feed. And I'm a yeah. business owner and I have two young kids. And quite frankly, I don't want to see that your life is perfect all the time because mine right. is not. <laughs> and I can't yeah, really feel worse about yourself. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. One of our talent was recently saying like she, like one of her audience was like, why do you always show your baby crying? And she's like, because she cries. She's a baby. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's real like, life. 
I like she's a baby. Like they they're known to cry from time to yeah. time. Like I'm yeah. gonna show you like the good, bad, and the ugly. Like this mm-hmm. is what happens. Like it's mm-hmm. not all perfect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are you up for a little rapid fire? Yes. Sure. All right. I'm like I, I don't know if I'll know all the answers, but I'll, I'll give it my best. <laughs> all right. Okay. What was your first job? My first job. So in Australia, you can work. No, sorry, this was like you're like rapid fire. I'm like, let me tell you a story. <laughs> in Australia, you're like legally allowed to work when you're 14 and nine months. So I got a job right then and there, and I worked in a cafe, and I got fired for a reason that I can't remember. But yeah, my first job was in a cafe. <laughs> I'm sure it was their fault. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Night owl or early bird? A bit of both with a lull in the afternoon. Okay. Cat or dog person? Dog. First thing you marketed? Ooh, first thing I marketed, I had a friend my same age who lived on my street when we were growing up. And we always used to come up with these like wacky little business ideas. And the first one that I remember was we had like a nail salon on the street, like we made it up and we told people that we would like paint their nails, but they had to bring the polish and all of the supplies. And then we would do it. Like what a racket. But I think that's the the first thing that I can remember. So what you're saying is you fell into marketing completely naturally. (laughs) Just like you're looking for in your influencers. It was in my blood, but I I will say I'm like, I think I've moved forward past the scam. That was, I, I'm no longer a pyramid scheme. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, dark or milk chocolate? Uh, dark with sea salt, if possible. Ooh, nice. Favorite mm-hmm. word right now? My favorite word right now is, I'm going to go with joy. It was my grandma's name and it's just a lovely word. Nice. Mm-hmm. The last charity you supported financially or with your time and why? Well, this year, obviously, we couldn't do like Christmas parties. So instead, we supported charities in Toronto and in LA because that's where our offices were. And the one we supported in LA, was it called? The Redwood. That's right. The Redwood is a Toronto charity that helps women who have been victims of domestic violence and and all kinds of awful things like that. But they were, I have to say, like one of the loveliest charities that we have supported. They're just run by a a phenomenal team. Nice. (laughs) If you weren't doing this job what would you be doing? Oh, I potentially an editor. I love editing things. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can take something and make it better. Mm-hmm. I love to do that. Mm-hmm. And if I could do anything with like money, not being any kind of option or problem, I would love to be an angel investor and just like support mm-hmm. incredible ideas that are, mm-hmm. are founded by women. Awesome. Yeah. What is an app on your phone that you can't live without? I won't say a social one because that goes without saying I couldn't live without the weather app. I love Mm -hmm. it. I'm obsessed (laughs) with the weather. Mm -hmm. It's funny. I have a different weather app than my team and they call mine the happy weather app because for some reason my weather looks much better than their forecast that they have. It's a very optimistic weather app. I like it. Yeah. I like to paint my own picture of what the day is going to look like. (laughs) If you just like dream about sunshine, I'm I'm sure it will be there. (laughs) Exactly. The power of positive thinking. Exactly. The best thing you bought for under $10. Oh, I'm going to say it's like more of a daily purchase and like good, fresh bread. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I love bread. (laughs) (laughs) You and me both. Your guiltiest pleasure. 
bread. <laughs> I'm like, mm, bread. I'm like, I've probably talked about it. I'm like, bread, dark chocolate, spending too much time on my phone. Yeah. Although I don't feel guilty about any of those things. So I'm like, I'm trying to think of a pleasure that I feel guilty about and I don't have one. It's a good way to look like, at I, it. I, I, I feel really good about all of my pleasures. Nice. Your most treasured possession. Oh, that is a hard one. My most treasured possession. I feel like I should go with something sentimental, but I'm not a very sentimental person, I don't think. I don't have things that I'm like too attached to. Something that I would hate to like lose attachment with is my passport. Mm-hmm. So I'll go with that. I'll go with my passport. Is there a exactly or it will (laughs) soon enough yeah is there a business or marketing book or a podcast that you'd recommend I love listening to NPR how I built this it's my Mm -hmm. favorite podcast such great stories and book I loved big magic Mm. Mm -hmm. nice is there a newsletter or a website that you'd recommend for resources or inspiration this is boring, but the website I read every morning when I'm laying in bed on my phone, which is a terrible habit, is Business Insider. Great. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I think uh, now what I would love to do is just talk about or ask you what is next for Shine? What do you have in the oh, pipeline? Lots of things, hopefully. Emily and I have never been like big, like five year plan business owners. Like we've really kind of liked, like, see which ways the industry pushes and pulls us and kind of like follow that lead. But I think what we've realized of late is that Shine has grown to be like such a phenomenal business. And it's mainly a byproduct of of the people who are within the business. Um, Our team are incredible. But I think what Shine will be is like a really incredible springboard for other other things and other like Mm -hmm. offshoots that will come from that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we talked about this earlier, but we launched uh, at the beginning of 2021 our newest venture, which is called the BODCON. Yeah. So the BODCON is a virtual conference around all things, body confidence, body positivity, and Mm self-love. We're such big advocates for that space. We represent a lot of talent in that space, have seen Mm -hmm. how the trends have been evolving and and moving in that space. So we launched our first virtual conference in February. We had around a thousand people come to that. It was super successful. We were going to just do like another one in February, but it went so well that we're rolling out a whole series of events between now and the next event. We have, I should have mentioned our own podcast when you asked what our favorite podcasts were, (laughs) what a a miss, but we have our podcast called The Bod Pod. So that's something that goes live every week. But yeah, so I think, you know, there's a number of other things that we have in the pipeline. Talent management will always be very close to our hearts. It's something we want to continue and continue to grow with, with our talent, which is so fun to see. But I think there'll be like maybe a little venture in the tech space that is coming up soon. So stay tuned on that. And then BODCON, I think, will be... uh, I had a very exciting call just last night, actually, um, with someone wanting to like take that internationally, um, which is very, very exciting. So Mm -hmm. I think lots of expansion with the current businesses and and potentially a couple of other like fun little projects. Mm -hmm. That sounds Mm -hmm. amazing. Well, I look forward to seeing how it all goes. Uh Me too. (laughs) Great. Well, -hmm. thank you so much, Jess, for your time and for joining me today. I definitely learned a lot about what it's like on the other side of things when working with influencers. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love this one. I love chatting about all these things. So it was fun for me. Great. It was so great to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Shelly. Bye. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. 
For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.